Hello, happy site owners and webmasters. Welcome to the Blockade Tips Tuesday podcast for June 14th, 2022. And I'm your host, Mayanna. Tips this week include a new tutorial on anti-spam bee for comment spam filtering, a new tutorial on creating Google reCAPTCHA V3 keys, why I'm testing a new spam filtering combo and leaving clean talk, Session two of our group content feedback is tonight for the DIY SEO course. The status of WordPress 6.0.1 update and what's taken so long to release it. Why it might be time for you to think about getting a new site theme. The theme frameworks I like and a few caveats to watch out for. What you're missing if you don't hire a webmaster designer to help you. Ahrefs is creating a search engine to pay creators and why I'm surprised that Yoast SEO will soon be supporting IndexedNow. So let's dive in. In blockade happenings, June and July are typically busy months for client work, especially site audits, as folks want to get finished with that before their holiday posting season kicks into high gear. And I've also been busy making new tutorials for you too. The first one is anti-spam B for comment spam filter settings, where you can see how to fully configure the anti-spam B plugin for max protection on your site. And FYI, if you're a site audit client, this has already been done for you. And then the second tutorial is on how to create your Google reCAPTCHA V3 keys and delete your old V2 keys if you're still using those. Now, both of these tutorials are part of a test as I'm coming off Clean Talk, which I was using to filter spam for both comments and all forms on the site, including the opt-ins and such. I'll be going back to Anti-Spam B once again for the comment spam and returning to reCAPTCHA version three for the contact form spam as it has been improved. Now, I sent extra instructions about all of this to my BB Hub folks who are my DIY site audit clients, including what we're keeping an eye on with this combo set. And I've asked them to report what they're seeing so we can get consensus from the village about the best way to beat spam. And I want to give you an update on my site services. We're doing a whole bunch of migrations and migration audit combos right now as more folks move to better hosting. And of course, many of my BB hubbers have their annual audit checkups coming due right now too. Those are so quick and easy and cheap. Now the wait list is running into the end of July, which is the usual four to six week wait. So if you're due for a checkup or want to get your project finished before summer is out, now is the time to make that request. In Blogade course happenings, woo we had a super live session last week with the DIY SEO course members to go over their content for better user experience and SEO. And special guest Shannon Enton of Content Refresh was with us. Now, she's at the top of the SEO game, and she stands ready to help turn your content into SEO gold too. Now we're meeting at an alternate date and time this week, which will be at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight 
to give more folks a chance to attend a live session and get their content reviewed too. And FYI, tonight's session will be the only one this week. We'll resume normal workshops next week. All right, y'all, that's all the happenings around here. Let's jump into this week's tips and news. In WordPress tips, I want to give you an update on the status of WordPress 6.0.1. You know, it seems to me that each of the last four to five major releases of WordPress have been super slow to get out the follow-up point one version to fix more bugs found once more folks installed it. Now, that point one version with the bug fixes usually rolled out within a few days or maybe a week. But for most of last year and all of this year, it's been a delay of like three weeks. And version 6.0 is no exception. Want to know why? It's all the new FSE or full site editing stuff that's holding things up. And you can see the status for yourself in the link I've got for you in the show notes. Now, it seems to me that they should prioritize the non-FSE bugs and get that rolled out first, as it affects the most users. So we're still waiting to do the 6.0 update because I found bugs in it. And I'm still waiting for the bug fix before I even finish the scripts for the Gutenberg Ninja tutorial updates, much less make those videos, as I believe they will tweak something else in them before the final point one bug fix release. Now, I'll also say that most of my webmasters have already updated their sites and their client sites without issue. But I know that at least two of the bugs will affect my peeps, like the center image alignment issue. So I'm holding off with saying it's okay to update for now. And Blackgate News subscribers will get the first word and special instructions when I believe it is safe for most of us to update. In theme tips, is it time for a new theme? Huh? In a recent audit, I noticed a PHP error being thrown by a client's theme. It was due to missing the new theme.json file. Now that file is required for FSE compliant themes. And since none of us are using one of those yet, I was surprised to see an error for it not being present. Now, I was not familiar with the theme she was using, so I don't know what the base framework was that it came from. And therefore, I don't think this is a widespread issue, but it does speak to the fact that you might need to consider getting a more modern theme base if yours is over three years old, as it's likely not compliant with all of the WordPress core changes that have been happening since they started bringing in FSE and accessibilities compliance things to the core code. Now, Astra, Cadence, and Genesis are still your best bets for solid theme frameworks, but to get the benefits of FSE-like styling options, Without relying on WordPress core FSE stuff, you will need to get the PayPro add-ons for both Astra and Cadence. Now, I'm not sure if you have to have it for Genesis or not, but my guess is that maybe you do. I'm not sure. I just don't think FSE and WordPress core 
is ready for prime time yet. And with the rate of bugs that we've been seeing in every major WordPress release, I don't think it will be ready until sometime in 2023. So you'll get a lot more stable theme that will continue to be supported for the next two to three years if you go with these other frameworks and their version of FSE-like styling options for header, footer, and such in their paid pro versions. Plus, with Astra Cadence and even Generate Press, you need a child theme so that you can safely turn off the microdata schema markup output that competes with your SEO plugins JSON LD schema markup output. The webmaster designers that I send my clients to know all about this stuff, as well as speed, security, HTTPS security, accessibilities, compliance, and more. Now, if you don't know about all those things, then seriously consider the fact that a webmaster designer is very much worth paying for up front. And that's a lot cheaper than trying to go in behind you and clean up the styling mess you might have made of things because you were suffering from what you didn't know that you didn't know. But FYI, I do not make referrals to my webmaster designers for non-clients. The only folks I send to them are site owners who've had an audit and we fixed all the issues like plug-in conflicts, poor extra coding, speed, security, including HTTPS security. And those clients already know how to use Gutenberg, as all themes use blocks instead of widgets now, too. That way, both of y'all can focus on just the design process. In SEO tips, woo! Ahrefs is creating a search engine to pay creators. Now, I have long complained that I'm not a staff writer for Google. You know, it used to be that the goal of Google as a search engine was to crawl the web and sort what it finds so that it could bring the cream of the crop to the top. That way, they would become a useful resource to the general public. Then... They started selling ad space to show for relevant queries. Okay, that's fine. Google needs to make money to pay for all that hardware and electricity to crawl the web and maintain the database of results. And then Google got greedy and made most all of page one just ads, which made searchers have to scroll too far to find non-sponsored content. So then, Google decided to start putting the answer to a query in a snippet at the top. That way, Google once again became useful by delivering the answer to the query. But that also kept the searcher on Google, where they would see their ads. Folks stopped having a reason to click over to the website of the creator who supplied that correct answer. And I have long complained that I did not volunteer to be an unpaid staff writer for Google. The only way I make money is if someone clicks over from that search result and lands on my site to see my offers 
and ways to follow me to see even more of my content. And that's been happening less and less as Google literally uses as much of my content as they want to keep folks on Google to see their ads. They have lost all incentive to send folks off Google. Now, the only way I am sure I will make a dime from being the top content on Google is when they promote one of my YouTube videos. And I still split the ad revenue with them. Well, the SEO toolmaker Ahrefs is taking that complaint about how Google is using other people's content to make money only for themselves. Seriously. Ahrefs is sinking $60 million into building its own search engine. And they plan to pay creators of the top-ranking content. Here's what the CEO of Ahrefs said. Creators who make search results possible deserve to receive payments for their work. We saw how YouTube's profit-sharing model made the whole video-making industry thrive, splitting advertising profits 90-10 with content authors we want to give a push towards treating talent fairly in the search industry, end quote. Well, that's great news. But here are the caveats. Now, while $60 million sounds like a lot of money, it's a drop in the bucket of the budget they're going to need to make this work. That budget has to include the hardware needed to crawl the web independently. Right now, Ahrefs and SEMrush and other such SEO tool companies rely on API pings from Google and Bing in addition to the crawls they do themselves. And let me tell you, their crawls are maybe 10% the volume of what Google crawls. I know, because bot hits are something I track in site audits. Now, that budget also has to cover marketing to get searchers to use the Ahrefs engine, which they are calling YEP, Y-E-P, YEP. Now, <laughs> I think they should have spent more of that marketing budget coming up with a better name. And then both Bing and DuckDuckGo have spent $60 million each trying to get the word out that they exist and promote usage, and neither of them are anywhere near overtaking Google in use percentage. And then, what are they going to do about privacy and cookie tracking? Are they going to come up with their own browser too, like Bing and DuckDuckGo have? Lots of questions, few answers right now, but at least their heart is in the right place. And as we move into the new creator economy, perhaps the buzz from that will help bring over some searchers. Plus, when the cookie tracking news comes back up next year over Google dropping third-party cookie tracking, that will also bring with it all of the privacy concerns that folks already have with Google and Microsoft now. So, I'll be keeping my eye on this for us as my clients are reporting that they've been getting traffic from DuckDuckGo and Bing for the last couple of years, and it's still growing. 
But I don't expect Yep to be a real contender for at least another year, if not longer. And oh, this was interesting. You know, Yost DeVolk is pretty active on his own blog now that he stepped away from day-to-day operations at Yost SEO and is now only consulting. And in a recent post, he proposed that search engines only crawl what we explicitly tell them to crawl on our sites via what we include only in our XML sitemap. Now, one of the perks he points out is how much crawl budget that would save search engines. Well, that's a nice pipe dream. (laughs) But that's also why many of us have a robots.txt file. It tells bots where not to crawl. The problem is that it's just a suggestion. And ill-behaved bots are going to crawl whatever they want to anyway. Now, There are ways we can block those bots, and in fact, I do that for my clients with firewall rules at Cloudflare. We have enjoyed a 50% to 70% drop in bad bots and or SEO agency bots that are chewing up our hosting resources to crawl our sites and give that info to our competition. You know, like Ahrefs. (laughs) But in that same article, Yoast mentioned that the Yoast SEO plugin will soon be supporting IndexNow. Wait, what? Isn't this the very same thing he said was a bad idea? Because it did not respect what we had marked as no follow, no index in Yoast. And would let bots crawl things that we didn't want in search. You know, like thin content pages such as the thank you page that we send folks to when they fill out our contact form. So I'm going to have to dig into this a bit more and see if this integration is done in a way that forces Index Now to respect our XML sitemap exclusions in Yoast. Now, I'm betting that's the case, but I need to verify it. And... If it is the case, then we will be using it and we will finally have an automated way to ping Bing and other search engines that do not have the big crawl budget that Google has. I'll definitely let you know what I find and I'll be updating my Yoast tutorials in the DIY SEO course for it too. All right, y'all, that's a wrap for this week's Tips Tuesday. Thank you for sharing this podcast and post with your blogging buddies and for leaving comments and reviews too. And be sure to visit blogaid.net for more tips and resources. And I'll see you online.